From APM American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. The global yardstick that measures what 15-year-olds know shows that students from the United States are below average in math, reading, and science. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development tested more than half a million students in 65 countries and regions. The test is called PISA, Program for International Student Assessment. PISA results can show the impact of things like per-pupil spending, class size, and teacher preparation. They can show which countries' policies are working better than others. On the podcast this week is a longtime education reporter who specializes in data. She is Jill Barche, contributing editor at The Heckinger Report. Her blog is called Education by the Numbers. Welcome, Jill. Oh, thanks for having me. You write on the blog that poor students in the U.S. are doing poorly, but our top students have nothing to brag about either. What do you mean? I really thought these PISA test results were a wake-up call for us to reassess just how good we think American education is at the top end. I think a lot of um, college-educated Americans think our wealthier students are doing just fine. It can compete abroad with the best of them. And what these PISA test results show that our very top are so behind sometimes even the average of other nations. And certainly our top is well below the top of nations across the board. And I think that should really make us wonder just how good the Stuyvesants and Daltons and all of our famous you know, big high schools are in America. Why are we not producing kids who can hit top scores anymore? Who is producing kids with top scores? Asia. When you look at the top 10 uh, nations in math, seven of them are from Asia. We're talking about Shanghai, China's number one, Singapore, number two, Hong Kong, number three, Taipei, number four, South Korea, number five, uh, Macau, that's another small gambling city in China, Japan. And we don't get to Europe until we get to eight, nine, and ten, and that's Liechtenstein, Switzerland, and Netherlands. And where's the U.S.? The U.S. is way below the average. We, I believe, are 26, if I have that right. Mm-hmm. Well, can, you, can we tell, is it obvious what these other countries are doing, apparently right, that we're not doing? That's an interesting question. Each education system is its own peculiar thing, and it's hard to say they're all doing X and we're doing something different. One thing I notice is that the top-performing countries happen to have larger class sizes than we do. Uh, The other thing is they have a culture where teachers are more respected. There's fewer behavior problems in the classroom. I think you have to study each system. For example, the education system in China has a national curriculum, and it is based on trying to do well on tests. So it's not surprising that the students there do well on tests. China recruits teachers that from the middle of society. They're not necessarily the best students when they themselves were in high school, but they spend a lot of time on teacher training, and the teachers become very specialized. Uh, that's not true in some other countries. In Singapore, the very best and brightest go into teaching, so it's hard to make generalizations. The PISA tests are done every three years. Has the U.S.'s place in the rankings changed much? Not at all. We've been completely stagnant for the last 10 or so years that I'm looking at data. We have just been in the middle of the pack for a long, long time. And we've assumed that's because we have high rates of poverty in the United States and a lot of immigrants. And so we've excused that low rate because we have a more challenging demographic than, say, other countries where they have smaller amounts of poverty. 
And it's true that our low-income students do test very poorly. They test more poorly than low-income students in other countries. Anything in these figures that would give any sort of uh, hope for the United States? you see any glimmers of success in the data? I, I did see one thing. When you look at the bottom 10% over the last 10 years, they have been growing strongly. We have been bringing up our poorest students. They're still behind the poorest students in the rest of the world, but we are making gains. Conversely, our top 90th percentile has been declining over the past 10 years, and it's quite disappointing because when you look at the top Asian countries, they're showing year after year after year of annualized gains. And meanwhile, our top students are not stagnating. They're actually slipping downward. The state of Massachusetts uh, stands out among the states tested in the PISA scores. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and, and why you think it is. So Massachusetts was one of the states that elected to sort of oversample its students so we could really see how that state was doing. And not surprisingly, Massachusetts is, in our national data, always the top-performing state in the nation. And it does better than the international average, which the United States as a whole does not do better than. But I still thought it was disappointing that our very top state in the nation was not producing high-testing students. I thought they should perhaps be in the top ten, and they're not particularly in math and science. In reading, Massachusetts does better. I think there were only three educational systems that do better than Massachusetts in reading. And one of the reasons that people say Massachusetts does well is it has a very high educated population. Many students have college-educated parents. The demographics lean in Massachusetts' favor. It, It has a lot of white and Asian students that tend to test higher. It's also said that Massachusetts had a more uniform way of raising its expectations for its students statewide than than maybe some other systems. That's correct. They have had very high standards in place for quite some time, and the Common Core was somewhat modeled after the Massachusetts standards. These Common Core state standards are being adopted by dozens of states in the next school year. Among the things that the Common Core may bring along will be more organized testing, right? Because at the moment, every state essentially has to either come up with or buy or rent a a set of tests to uh, assess its students. The Common Core will create two sets of tests that states could choose from. Might that change the way our PISA scores look going down the road? One can hope. Um, The OECD, the organization that administers the PISA exam, they spent a lot of time in this report talking about the United States and hoping that the Common Core and new Common Core assessments can help improve things. But the proof will be in the pudding. We haven't seen these new tests be implemented yet, and I'd like to see it play out before I predict that the Common Core is going to be raising our scores in 2015. Any other details or surprises in the data that struck you? Finland. About Seven or so years ago, many educational experts and educators, they were all traveling to Finland because Finland used to be topping these charts. And now Finland has slid two testing periods in a row. It's not even in the top ten anymore. And it's really interesting to see that, and it's kind of a mystery to understand why it's happening. They have had some immigration. Um, There is a slight increase in poverty, but not enough to explain the dramatic decline, especially in their math scores. And so I think it shows that chasing after the educational system that's topping the chart at that moment could be a foolhardy exercise. So if we're wringing our hands in the United States, they're probably doing the same in Finland. Absolutely right now.
All right. Jill Barchet, thank you so much. Thank you. Jill Barchet is a contributing editor at The Heckinger Report and author of the blog Education by the Numbers. There's a link to her blog at our website and also key findings from the PISA test. You can go there to AmericanRadioWorks.org. Also on our website, you can find more podcasts about high school and a range of issues in K-12 education and higher education, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of our coverage. You can like us on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and you can follow us on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from the Spencer Foundation, Lumina Foundation, and the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.